I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, We Eat Stuff and Talk About Things. I'm Christine Guthrie from We Eat Stuff. Thanks for listening. In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Our interview this week is Mikey Carrasco from the Flying Saucer, St. Louis. Mikey came from Austin, Texas, and has been living in St. Louis for about five years. He has been involved with many restaurants and kitchens around the area, and has also created beer dinners at the Flying Saucer, which brings in guest chefs from around St. Louis to present a meal. As a lot of you guys know, We Eat Stuff and this podcast are not our full-time jobs. So shortly after uh, the beginning of this interview, it started off with just me and Mikey, but you'll hear Charlie returning home. He was coming home from his day's work, from his day at work, and then we sort of restart the interview. I didn't want to cut any of it out because it all fits together. Thank you so much for listening, and please enjoy our conversation with Mikey. Hi, Mikey. Howdy. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. Good. Thank you for coming over. What'd you bring <laughs> that you are cracking open right now? Chocolate milk stout. Chocolate milk stout. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. In Very honor nice. of Christmas, as you said. Yeah. So Christmas. you can remain all Christmassy. Cows. In honor of cows. That's Christmassy? No, I don't know. I just... <laughs> The cows are Christmassy. Well, thank you. There's Appreciate ca- it. There's a cow in the can. So. There is. Yeah. And he's trying to look like the milkman. Mm-hmm. So he's doing all that. Well, good. Thank you. Cheers. Salud. Thank you for bringing that. Salut. So, uh, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm nobody. <laughs> yeah? I'm uh, a victim of circumstance. Yes. Just kidding. Um... <laughs> I'm Michael Augustine Carrasco. I'm a Texan here in St. Louis, Missouri. Been here about five years now. Mm-hmm. I'm a cook. I love to cook. I love to feed people. Um, I love to integrate culture into everything that I do. Um, and culture doesn't just have to be what's written in a book. It can be um, what's really going on right now, you know, around us. I think there's a lot of uh, culture that gets overlooked because people aren't really on the level of culture sometimes, which is, you know, a little different than what's written about all the time or talked about often. Mm-hmm. So that's me, I that's guess. You. I'm just, uh, I guess I'm a purveyor of food and culture. Mm-hmm the end of the day if somebody said that about me I'd be proud of it so yeah yeah how long have you been cooking for <clears throat> since I was a uh, very young um you know my lineage is full of cooks and I wouldn't say like cooks because culinary artistry wasn't really a thing when they were cooking it was um kind of a necessity you know 
how to make ends meet, you know, how to feed people, how to feed a bunch of people with what you have. And it wasn't really so much about, you know, plating and the fancy way that it needs to look or whatever, but it was very much about taste and texture and in a household that's cultural without a whole lot of money, uh, we pay attention to the specific things about like, you know, how are the noodles cooked and how's the eggs cooked and the very basic things um, that seem to be a big deal sometimes for others, uh, which isn't so much a big deal really mm -hmm. um, for us all the time. <laughs> Um, There's no apologies in this. No, there aren't. First of all, that's why in a kitchen, edits. never say I'm sorry. It's not a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it makes you look weak. Yeah, you don't want to look weak in the kitchen. So you say my bad, mm -hmm. or uh, eh, my fault, or oops, or mm -hmm. whatever, oh! or yeah, or, or, or damn it, man, yeah, but, but, but never I'm sorry. Hell yeah. no, not I'm sorry. No. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just not something you say in the kitchen. Yes. Um, some wise old person taught me that. I, I can't remember who told, who told me that, but mm -hmm. seems to be a winner. Yeah. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you just got home from work. Hi. Yes, I did. Welcome. I magically... We all just got home from work. <laughs> yeah, we did. Isn't that what we're all doing? Yeah. We're just walking mm. each other home. That's right. <sighs> okay, yeah, we just started a minute ago, so... Okay. He was telling me about who he is. Excellent. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, she was like, who are you? I was like, damn. I, 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 I don't know no. the answer to this question. <laughs> it's a question. Really I do, deep. though. I do, though. It's just a long, a long walk home mm. with friends, I guess, mm. to really explain who we are. Best answer I'm... I have for who I am is if you want to know who I am, come find me, wherever mm -hmm. I'm at. So where is that? Right now, um, Flying Saucer. Mm-hmm. 900 Spruce Street. Downtown. Downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A block from the stadium. Awesome. Block away from the wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. They're awesome. Mm. Shout out to Nick Del Jaso. Mm -hmm. um, start bar. Yeah. Um, right down the street, Broadway Oyster Bar. Mm -hmm. Just came from there. Uh, been been a lot of different places. Um, I think there's, like I said, there's no apologies in this. Um, you just kind of move around. Nothing's ever perfect. You never really fit in anywhere perfect in this business. There's always such an overhead, such a price, such a trend, such everything changing rapidly. The carpet can be pulled out from under you at any time. You can pull mm -hmm. the carpet out from under us at any time. It just depends on how you want to play the game, you know? Sure. Um, and I think it's it's all just kind of uh, trivial, really. Um, I think if you set out to be somebody in this... Um, stratosphere that we have then you will be somebody it doesn't matter what part of it you are whether you're a customer or a blogger or a chef or a gm or a dishwasher or or anybody can be anything i mean i think these parts are all interchangeable if you care about it then you are about it and i think uh none of us are strangers you know in that in that regard mm. Well, it's a, that's and it's kind of a semi-bleak view of the industry. I mean, why do you think people get involved in cooking or like come uh, gourmands or you know? Right. Um, I think because we see things out there that we think we can do better. 
you know i think i think that's everybody even even a, a person that watches the food network you know for the first time and they see um the iron chefs on tv when their final mm. dish and they say you know what i would have did this differently or mm. i did that you know mm. and a lot of that's just regional you know um different opinions and and i think i think as humans we always all share that kind of sentiment that i can do better mm. and um it's our sense of pride i guess you know mm. it's like i can do better let me show you how um and it's not necessarily that you can do better it's just that you'd like to see something different so mm. you get involved you know sure um mm. if if we didn't care about it we wouldn't interject we would intervene you know we sure. would just let it all go by and say okay you know and you think that's why uh you know people in the industry work such long hours and tend to be rather uh have rather strong personalities yeah i think that comes out of uh a lot mostly out of necessity mm. you know there's always a bottom line mm. ever since we've been introduced to um, a way to track everything, you know, this mm. information age that we live in, um, these things are going to be prevalent. There's the bottom line. There's just benchmarks that we have to reach, you know? Sure. Um, and I, and I think there's no easy approach to doing that because things are always changing and people always want more. They yeah, feel sure. like they can always do better. Yeah. And so even if you think you have like the best thing, there's got to be some room to change it for the sure. better. Yeah. And that never, that never ends. It never stops, you know? Hmm. Um, and I think back in the day, people were very happy with like, well, this guy has one thing that he does. That's great. You know, but now everyone's trying to kind of get all their shopping done in one place if they can, hmm. you know? So you may have one really great thing on your menu that you really love, but people also necessitate, you know, a hamburger and a chicken sure. sandwich and mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever. I mean, sure. doesn't it just amaze you to think about, like, how much hamburgers have <laughs> crossed so many menus? Sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, I literally, like, I wake up at night thinking about this. It's like, how? I, I mean, and I, I, I can understand it's a, it's, a, it's a ball of meat. Yeah. Which kind of symbolizes our very existence is we're just like a ball of meat moving through this <laughs> chaos of what a casserole that we're in yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and <laughs> how do we handle this ball of meat yeah, yeah. <laughs> do we do we cook it rare do we overdo it do we turn sure. it into crumbles yeah. do we add cheese to it do we yeah. melt it do we fry it onto something mm. um it's just kind of amazing to think about how hamburgers have crossed every menu and and I'm not against it. It just mesmerizes me to think about yeah. it. Um, and then really, the hamburger is a symbol of globalization because you would normally have a hamburger because the lettuce, tomatoes, and onions, and other ingredients, and the and the, the bread isn't necessarily going to be around all the time in old days. I mean, now we have refrigeration. And we have like other places where we can growing this stuff fresh. Right, right. Where it's like you know, um, a lot of the stuff we could grow, yeah. Thank you, GMOs. Thank you, Monsanto. <laughs> we go year round. <laughs> but in the reality, you know, um, if you want to use like fresh arugula or, you know, something different on a hamburger, yeah, it has to be grown somewhere. And yeah, so that that becomes a thing as to how we're going to source this food. And, and 
it's funny because a lot of other countries, you know, they rarely eat a ball of meat. <laughs> yeah. You know, like we yeah, do. Sure. Something else we do, I guess, as Americans that a lot of other people don't do is, is flush good water down the toilet, you know? Like, mm. a lot of countries, they don't have nice restrooms to use. Sure. They shit on the side of the road. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and here we are, what do we, we, we shit in clean water. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot, a lot of countries would be like, oh my God, clean water. Like, everyone would run up with a fucking ladle and a container to yeah, put it in yeah. because it would just make our month sure, if we yeah. could just have yeah. this gallon and a half of clean water. Sure, yeah. And what do we do? We just we just shit right in yeah. it, you know. And then we look at our shit and go, wow, it looks weird. <laughs> and then we flush it, you know. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I know I'm not the only one that does that. We should look at our shit right Well, right, yeah, you know? for health reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the... Uh, Song by uh, Funkadelic, um, off uh, Maggot Brain, you know, um, and he talks about Mother Earth being pregnant again, uh, for the fourth time, I think he says, and that we all have to live with our own shit, you know. <laughs> and it's very poetic, you know, because it's the truth. It's like it's like we literally have to live with our own shit. You know, and a lot of it is out of sight, out of mind. You know, there's a water treatment program. We have reverse yeah. osmosis, or yeah. RO as we call it, or you know, our meat is treated with gas. Um, mm-hmm. I think people are very far removed from what really pushes us forward, which, as humans, is the stuff that we have to do. You know, sure. I think uh, I think there's an industry built around a lot of it to make people feel comfortable and um, at ease with. You know, the stuff that we don't really think about every day, sure. which is, yeah. you know, we just take a dump and clean water and flush yeah. it. No big deal. Yeah. But, right. uh, you know, that's, it's, it's a big deal elsewhere. You yeah, know, sure. you think yeah. about it. And a lot of the stuff we have here is because someone else is toiling away, practically nothing somewhere else. Right. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, it's one of the reasons it's very easy to lose sight. You know, I think um, people like to be proponents of, of, well, I don't really need this fancy stuff, but you look at everybody, everybody's person right now, I mean, I can tell you everyone in this room, we're all wearing clothes that were assembled by young kids somewhere mm-hmm. without an education, with dismal pay and hours, and just, uh, you know, um, people say, well, I want to make a difference. Well, like, mm-hmm. okay. Let's really look at this, you know, from like where we start and begin and finish. It's like, it's, uh, I think people would be very surprised to actually think about what the goods that we have are and where they come from and what kind of labor they come from, what kind of standards, you know, are behind them. Um, and I, and I, and I I don't say people are wrong for that because it's hard to point the finger at everybody. It's an easy way to become a bad guy and. (laughs) <laughs> you know sure um yeah. don't want to do that but that's just the reality and really if people want to things are made locally or made in certain conditions they have to be willing to pay more right right and that's one of the main things people want their one it does cost hamburger. more yeah yeah and they want, don't want to have to uh really think about much and have convenience it's very true it's kind of like um like i say with shopping locally you know you're going to pay two or three dollars more you know, but you don't want to be the first one to pay two or three dollars more because in the society mm-hmm. that we're from, if you're the first one to pay that extra money, you're a sucker. You know, and like it's just sure, like yeah, it's yeah. like on, in the streets. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're the first one to like have your dollars out and say, "Look, I got the money," like 
get that guy. You know, like he's mm-hmm. a sucker. We we can all tell he's made of money and let's prey on him. You know, like, so we don't want to be the <laughs> sure, first sure, one yeah. to do that. We, it's like being the guy at the edge of the cliff. Like you don't want to, of course, everyone should take the plunge, but you don't want to be the first one to jump off the cliff because what if nobody's behind sure, you? Sure, yeah, but yeah. everyone's like, damn, that's really far that he jumped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, I mean, like, that like, sucks for him. I mean, anything like that, anything like that revolves a lot of trust. People have kind of like trust in each other that, you know... True. Everyone will do the same sort of thing, do the right thing in the right situation. It He's, does revolve around trust. That's yeah. interesting, yeah. True. So I guess uh, I, what I spend a lot of time on, I guess, as a cook is um, trying to build that trust, you know? Sure. just yeah. uh, I got a lot of people around me, whether it's servers, people in the kitchen, managers, customers, that are like, you know, I never... I never really ate that. I'm like, but have mm. I given you anything bad so far? Like, mm. I, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't hand it to you if I didn't think it was something that you you need, you know. And and then and then they try and they go, wow, well, I don't really eat this, but but I like that, you yeah, know. And yeah, it totally opens right. doors, you know. Like, yeah. uh, I used to have a roommate um, that I lived with for like five years, and he's a very meat and potatoes guy, mm. you know. Which uh, I understand that, you know. I come from. Yeah. People in my family are that way, you know, and they will be. And I slowly started introducing to him different cooking techniques of just basic stuff, you know, mirepoix, you know, just mm. just the flavoring of stuff, you know, where you mm. sweat out some onions, celery, carrots, mm. and then you make a casserole from it, you know. Sure. It's like it, it can still be a meat and cheese casserole, just a little bit of a flavor undertone below it, you know, like something that you started with. Mm. And... Once I showed him that and a few other things, he really became a pretty good cook, you know, like mm-hmm. it, uh, it took a while, but you know, then I'd, I'd come home and, uh, you know, he'd be like, I'm making this casserole. So I'm like, that sounds really good, you know, yeah. like, so that's cool. I don't, I don't think it's uh, destitute, you know, what we, what yeah. we're taught. A lot of people, um, a lot of parents um, in this society didn't eat a bunch of different food and so yeah. they don't offer their children different food yeah. and so the children grow up and of course they just want the basic stuff that their parents taught them but i think when they go out on their own and somebody says well you can try this and you can take it or leave it then they get to form their own opinion like oh i really like this or i really don't like this you know sure. um me even as an adult there's things that i still don't like you know mm-hmm. i don't i don't really like liver yeah I'm not really a pate fan. Hmm. I, I could give a shit about foie gras. Honestly, like, I'm, you can put that ducks. on record. I, I, I don't even care about that, you know? Like, I'm down <laughs> to kill some ducks, you know? Like, I'm down to do some ill shit to some ducks. Sure. But yeah. pretty tasty. I just don't care. Like, I, it's just not my thing. It's not my favorite thing. I would sure. I would rather eat a chicken McNugget from McDonald's than a piece sure. of fucking foie gras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just my flavor profile. Sure, yeah. And, not to say that I won't ever grow out of it. You know, I've, I've had some chicken liver mousse that I've really liked before. Sure, yeah. And I think it's because there's a lot of butter and brandy in it. Yeah. It's probably a butter and brandy delivery system. Right, nice. yeah. And I, I think I like butter and brandy, so, yeah. 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 Like, I can see where I can appreciate that. Yeah, I don't like the idea of eating snails, but escargot would made rice del- so delicious because it's basically just you're eating butter and herbs and garlic. Right. All you're really right. doing is just it's eating It's kind that. of a vessel. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, you're right. And at that point, it becomes, it's not really the food, it's a delivery system. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you can cover anything in butter and fresh herbs and it's going to be delicious. Yeah, so. I would just sit there and eat garlic and butter and herbs by itself. Like I could, but you're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> so just put the microwave heat up. you got to put it on it. something, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 
exactly. It was okay. I put it on the burger, so it's okay. Otherwise, it was like, freak. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, yeah. There's there's always that. Yeah. I don't. I'm not a fan of liver. I, I mm. you know, my mom, when I was growing up, would do liver once a month. Mm. Onions. I don't like raw onions. Mm. I'll eat caramelized onions. I'll sure, cook yeah. with onions. I love shallots. I love mm. butter sauce. I love everything involving shallots. Um, stuff an onion into mm. a bird and cook it. Great. Mm. I'm all cool with it. Um, I don't like raw onions. Mm. I don't like biting into them. Mm. And I've heard the whole apple thing. Like, I like apples. Mm. I like fennel. I like a lot of other things that make a crunch and kind of taste like onion, but I don't like raw onions. It's mm. not something I can fix. I try like once a year I'll just eat a raw onion just to you know reaffirm that I don't like I'm like ah, ah. like I don't I don't like this you yes. know like no I really don't like this this is just something I really don't like yeah yeah that's why I'm with sea urchin I cannot put sea urchin in my mouth yeah I don't know what it is I just I try to breathe my mouth my mouth just closes up will not let it in there mm-hmm. it's some of the smell yeah. It just gets me. It's like, oh, nope. I, I love sushi. I love, you know, all types of sushi, right. but you know, <coughs> sea urchin. Yeah, well, I mean, I think sea urchins, it's, it's, a, it's a big trend right now. With those things, I think you'll see a lot of really differently ways of preparing it, you know. Um, and you might not necessarily like any of them, you know. Um, some of the stuff that I really thought I didn't like, I've had in a way which was... A lot of it has to do with ambient surroundings, you know. Mm. There's there's rules that you follow in a kitchen, you know. Um, but then I would go to like Mexico or something and see just things that are just like, it would just blow my mind. Like sure. this breaks every rule mm. that I pretty much sure. can stand for. But, you know, when in Rome, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's kind of like taking drugs, you know. I guess it's like, okay, well, if you're at a... Fucking rave in Germany at 3 a.m. Yeah. Somebody hands you ecstasy. Okay, it'd be, it'd whatever. It'd be impolite to refuse. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. And, you know, I don't really do the whole rave thing in Germany. So, you know, when I travel and there's different food, I'll, I'll try it, you know. And it ends up pretty bad sometimes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're like, shit, I've been sick for two weeks. That's, that's happened to me before in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a friend who's a shaman in uh Wichole, india and his answer was just to give me mezcal <laughs> and so i just drank a bunch of mezcal and i tell you what that was rough yeah. that was rough and i got over it but it wasn't pretty no yeah. it wasn't pretty you know yeah. but that's one of the things that's cool is that like you know i can i can taste tequila nowadays and i'm just like this is shit. <laughs> this is shit. People are like, why? I'm like, let me explain why. You know, tequila is a lot like barbecue. Really, you think about yeah. it. Yeah, I'm not personally big about barbecue. Like I say, once you go to more barbecue places, like, eh, it's just not something that much into. You know? Yeah, I and don't I, love I, it. I it's this terrible for you. Mm-hmm. Barbecue is yeah. very bad for you. Yes, yeah. you heard yeah. it here first, folks. Barbecue is bad for you. It'll kill you. <laughs> don't eat There's it. It's carcinogens. Um. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's all this free radicals, the smoke, the it's terrible. Now, it's I'll awful. Admit I've had great barbecue that I really like, but I don't ever think to myself I'm gonna go out and eat a giant rack of ribs and you know whole. I think it's mainly the quantity. You don't eat just a little bit of barbecue. You eat no, a shit ton of it at once. You eat barbecue mm-hmm. until you can't walk mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you're good. Yeah, that's me. What me is part of the problem. I don't just eat a little bit. You know? mm. Yeah, 
Mm. I've never heard of like a, you know, a, a, a small barbecue plate. This just not really a thing. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was walking into uh, Bogart's mm. with a friend who works at a brewery. And um, let's see, uh, Skip Steele was there. It was, this was mm. Bogart's. Mm. And he had these smoked chicken wings. Um, which I'm guessing were brined and smoked. This are really tender. Mm. We walked in the door. And my friend was on the phone. And he didn't want to. He didn't want a chicken tender, mm. chicken. Or I'm sorry, chicken wing. And Skip says, "What are you, a chicken hater?" You know. He laughs. <laughs> You're like this guy just dissed my friend. <laughs> like I like this place. You know. Yeah, it's cool. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's funny because I was there. I was there a time before that. I was actually going to ITAP in the Central West End, and uh, it was, you know, midnight, and I could smell smoke, you know, and I didn't see anyone around me except for this big guy in overalls, you know, Mm. or coveralls or something, Mm. you know, he looked like a hunter, you Mm. know, like like a Texan kind of friend of mine, a hunter, you know, and and I said, well, somebody's smoking a pig around here or something, Mm. and it's Mm. probably you, (laughs) just saying. (laughs) And he's like, he introduced himself. Says, yeah, I'm, I'm Skip Steele from Bogarts, you know, and cool, I'm Mikey from Texas, you know. Mm. And we became great friends, you know, right then. Uh, it was kind of like, who else would be out here at midnight cooking something slowly with smoke? You know, I was like, yeah, I can smell that. You know, I was like, <laughs> so then like, it's cool because every time I walk in Bogarts or Pappy's, uh, either Mike Emerson or Skip is there or mm. Rick J. Lewis at Southern, oh, you yeah, know. Yeah. And it's like, we see eye to eye immediately. It's like, it's like something about it. We mm. just know mm. that we're th- that I'm there, or mm. he knows that I'm there. I know that he's there. Mm. It's like we know when we're in the proximity of each other. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, my mom grew up in El Paso, Texas, and South, you know, um, West Texas. You know, mm. the border of Mexico. Um, anybody that I meet from El Paso immediately, we're like, oh, you're from El Paso. Oh, cool. You know, like mm. there's certain regional things that we just automatically link up on. You know. Sure. Um, it's it's the hot chili. It's the high salt content. It's a lot of fat. <laughs> it's terrible food that'll kill you. <laughs> but if you want to be happy, you know, just come hang out with us, you know, on a holiday and, and eat eat what we eat. You know, it's uh, there. And then I'm a, I'm a firm believer there is no right or wrong in this cooking thing. There's only what you prefer, you sure, know. Yeah. And. Uh, I think people should listen to their hearts more yeah. and, and figure out what it is that makes them happy, what they like, you know? Yeah. So what makes you happy with food, cooking? Um, what makes me happy is when I present something very basic and the people around me that have had all kinds of different stuff can really pick apart the nuances of the basic thing that I presented mm. And say what well, it's just right because this mm. and that and this, sure. it's the most basic thing and it's like that to me is like what makes me happy I guess mm. in cooking. Um, and I think a lot of the new trend in food is kind of reverting back to the basics. Mm. And so now people are doing things that you know my grandma would do and not think anything of, or my great aunt would do and not think anything of. You know mm. like. Well, yeah, you start off like this, and now and now people are doing it. It's like their main dish, you know. It's like, I think that's great. I mean, mm. uh, it's kind of like wiping the slate clean and starting over, and and, and really um, going back to the basics, mm. you know, which which starts with um, the soil, you know, how you prepare the soil, 
the time that you spend growing what what you eat um and growing what you eat doesn't even just mean vegetables and fruit and and, and produce um it means culture you know growing mm. growing what you eat means growing the culture around you sure. around um, what people think and what people like about what you do and, and kind of educating um, any dish that I've ever created is, is always I would say very simple um, and, and I'd love to explain it to anybody and I'd love to share it with everybody um, if I can't share it if, if people can't make it at home I, I just think it's kind of a waste of time mm-hmm. which I think one of the reasons that I'm kind of in the middle ground as far as cooks go and I have been for a while is because I just I don't really have any interest in uh, fine dining. Mm. I just don't. Um, to me, it makes me happy to do something very simple and present it in a mm. way that people are happy. And to me, that is fine dining. Mm. You know, sure. and so so I guess it comes down to definition, you know, or what people think is fine dining. Mm. But I think fine dining can be found at Quick Trip. You mm. know, if there's something that you really love about sure. something at Quick Trip. Well, that's that's your palate. That's your fine dining, yeah, yeah, you know. Totally, and and yeah. I don't think anyone can judge you or tell you that it's wrong. Yeah. And I'm not trying to promote Quick Trip. You know, I don't work. <laughs> I don't work for Quick Trip. Those quesadillas on the roll. Right, <laughs> right. They're fucking six dollar pizzas or whatever. Like yeah. I'm not trying to push that. But what I'm saying is, there's something that you find sometimes in these things that you like, and it's okay. It's okay to yeah. to like that, you know. Sure, and yeah, and totally. I think that's totally fine. And I think comparing that to finer food is, is absolutely necessary because it's like, why? People mm. want to say, why are we paying this money for this food? Why mm. are we spending $30 on a chicken dish when I can go buy five chicken thighs for $5, you know, mm. at the store, you know? I mean, mm. um, there needs to be that question. There sure. needs to be that rebellion um, in food mm. because without it, we're just always going to follow whatever's in front of us. And, um, you know, I come from Austin, Texas. It's kind of a trendy place. Um, I have some friends there that have some of the best restaurants on the planet, you know. And it's hard to try to think like, oh, I'm going to compete with it. Like, I have no way of trying to compete with anybody like that. Or even here um, in St. Louis. It's just kind of like, uh, I just want people to be able to pay a, reasonable price get something that they like turn it into something they love hopefully and walk away happy wherever it is that i'm at Mm. you know um i want people to be able to afford to eat it anywhere that i work or that i present food three or four times a week and not just like on an occasion because to me it's kind of like well if a tree falls in the woods there's no one there to see it did it really happen Mm. you know like i want my tree to fall in public you know i want everyone to see how this tree fell and why it fell and what it fell for and what it stood for. And do you feel that there's a no reason for like some of the more of the fine dining kind of stuff or is that something that, you know, it's okay to have just that it's that you don't feel that's really what's at the heart of cooking that where do you feel it's like too much of a spotlight on that kind of stuff? Um, no, not really because I think, uh, there's always been a place in our society. Like I said, it's our nature that we think we can do better that we want more. Mm. And I totally get that, you know, and, and it's like the hashtag food porn, you know, <laughs> I changed it to gastroerotica cause I think that's a little, a little more, a little more classy, but, um, I think, uh, I think it's in our nature to always want more and better. Mm. Mm. Um, 
So it's not really wrong at all. No. Is it about finding like, a balance between the two, the two sides? Sure. I mean, I think it's all about whatever makes you tick, you know? As a mm-hmm. cook, if you want to serve that, then serve it. Sure, yeah. And be proud of it, you know? And, yeah. and wave the flag, you know? And, and, if, and if that's not what you want to do, then don't, yeah. you know? And I think, uh, I think everyone can get along harmoniously regardless. Sure. Recognizing that there's quality. You know, it's like kind of if you, like, if you watch Munchies on Vice or whatever... Mm. You know, some of these guys in the fine dining places that do some really fantastic stuff, just crazy gastronomical stuff, then I'd be lying to you if I didn't say, you know, I wasn't into I wasn't watching, mm, yeah. I wasn't trying to figure out. Um, but then they go to, like, you know, a taqueria, yeah. you know, or, mm. or, or their favorite Mexican seafood place or something, you sure, know, yeah. where, where they do something very simple, yeah. you know, but they do it right. Sure, yeah. Um, and they appreciate it. Yeah. And I don't think that makes it any more or less than any other way you could present this type of food sure i think there's just uh there so so i i i don't even know how to say it but i just think um it's all important you know so there's a saying in latin it goes fatiamo which means love it all Mm. you know which means love all of it embrace all of it you know um it's like people look at graffiti you know and they say well i don't like the scratch tag you know i scratched his name on something that looks Mm. like shit but i like this beautiful you know mural that this person did what's well, mm. like well how do you think that person learned how to paint a mural sure by scratching their name somewhere yeah totally. you know and 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 so yeah when you look at it you go god it looks like shit you know um mm. but you could never have the van gogh or the matisse you know without the guys that scratched a name in a, in a mailbox somewhere or something and so that's you know it's all part of it it's all part of the landscape and the scenery is uh I think it's all inclusive, you know, you can't really just take one side or the other and say, well, I only like this or I only like that. It's like, well, who the fuck are you to think that you can only take the creme de la creme, you sure, know, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, it's like being a student and saying, well, I only want, the, I only want the top boss to teach me. It's like, well, top boss is busy today. You know, first you need to learn how to fucking cook French fries, you know, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, you're, it's okay. you're supposed to. You're being That's interviewed. what we're here for. That's good. How about That's if I good. throw some random questions at okay, you? Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, if you could pick, what TV game show would you be a contestant on? Oh, God. First of all, I don't really watch TV. Mm. <laughs> I don't I don't think I own a TV. No, I have a computer, mm. a laptop, mm. and an iPhone 6. can't really qualify any of those as TVs, so I don't really know what game shows are popular right now, but... Last time we watched Any game era. shows, it was like the whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Luck. Uh, for luck. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, fuck, I would say Wheel of Fortune. It's a classic. It's a classic, yeah. yeah it's, it's just fun, yeah. I like bidding on stuff. Mm. I like go to the grocery store and like figuring out down to the dollar, like how much it's going to cost. <laughs> well, like Price is Right, you did that yeah. a lot too. It had yeah. a little, nice. little uh, product yeah. showcase thing. Exactly. And then I, and I try not to buy stuff that has tax on it anyways, because it's all bullshit. Mm. Except for booze, you pay a premium tax for that. Important stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you could have a giant billboard up anywhere, what would you put on it? Oh wow. Um, <laughs> I think I would put some sort of scrolling message system on it with the stuff that's actually happening um, around us locally, mm. and how our economy changes around it. Mm. Um, to where people could see it in real time. Mm. 
Because I think a lot of people are so wrapped up in like the presidential election oh, yeah. and the debate. Like, think about city hall. Yeah, like, exactly. How much is happening in a city level that we really don't pay attention to? Yeah. Um, like where I'm from in Austin, for instance, there's seven places in the city council, and there's no um, breaking them up. You know, it's just it's just seven spots, mm. and so if you can get four votes, it supersedes anything, including the mayor. Mm. Um, the mayor pro tem is one of the seven spots, you know, and I think everyone's like so worried about like, oh, who's going to be the president? Like with this local stuff is yeah. really, yeah. it's like right here. These are things that are really going to affect us. These ordinances yes. and the way that things go, exactly. yeah. um, are a lot of times a way bigger deal. Yeah. And I think people don't really see that. And so most of the billboards that you see are national. They're created by national ad campaigns. Mm-hmm. Which kind of like blanket stuff, which is just made for dummies. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of like, let's throw a blanket on a problem, you know? And it's yeah. just kind of like, I think if maybe um, billboards were more animatronic, I guess, and <laughs> like more locally based, more acute with their message, hmm. I think people would change things immediately. Mm-hmm. It's like if you pull over next two blocks and change this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate the way this is going. I'll pull over and change that. Sure, yeah. I got time for that. Mm. You know, whereas I think the big national things, people are like, yeah, I really want to help, but I don't I don't think I really can sure. change that. Yeah. So they feel a little helpless, and they just kind of like, oh, okay, so White Castle has turkey sliders for the holidays. Great. Yeah. You know, gotcha. I, don't, yeah. I don't really see <laughs> that as being my chance to stab in and change things and move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely would like to see more people involved in local government, like even our local neighborhood association. Sure. They always need more volunteers. They always need sure. people to do things. Without being called socialists and communists and whatever else. It's funny, I had friends growing up that had parents that were very, you know, socialist. In Austin, it wasn't a wasn't a really strange thing, you know. Yeah. There's, there's all these different pockets of people. Sure. And I just always thought, like, oh, my God. Like, I know this person. Communist. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I on that list now? I don't know. Sure. You know. Um, sure. But come to think of it, you know, I think some of the ideals were actually not bad. Mm. Um, some of the execution. Right, right. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, I mean, the whole idea of socialism and communism was a way to basically prevent some of the evils of capitalism. But I think capitalism itself will eventually be transformed by automation globalization to the point where it won't function the way it was ever meant to function right and then they'll need something you know there'll be better technology like somebody has to put a cap to this shit somebody has to say like hey you made 50 billion dollars already like you're good (laughs) that's why let's just redistribute some of this money down to some people that actually need it and think a little more you know broadly but yeah i mean but eventually the jobs will go away you got to be careful yeah. because the yeah. middle class people are the first ones that are going to jump your shit sure, when you yeah. talk about this. Yeah, They're yeah. brainwashed. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, yeah. it's, it's, it's really interesting, you know, yeah. and, um, boy, that, that's, that's a fun thing Work, working in the places that I work. It's like, mm. I essentially work for the higher middle class generally. Sure. Yeah. And the best thing I can do is just not talk about politics Yep. where I work at because they're like oh my god you know like yeah. it's just not you know it's anti-American it's like well 
What? Well, I mean, it seems like a lot of people who middle class or middle upper class are being convinced that they're being squeezed so hard. They believe themselves to be squeezed so hard because of people on the lower end, not the people on the higher end. Right. Um, it's not that they're sucking down the system somehow. But I think, you know, as globalization, automation get bigger and bigger, um, you know, basically, the job will disappear. And then what do you do? How do you we do right. with people? Right. And and that's just it, is that everybody wants a cheeseburger for ninety nine cents mm. but nobody wants to be the first one to jump off the cliff yeah, and buy totally. local. Yeah. That's like we spoke about earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna cost two or three dollars more. Yeah. It's like so what? You know, it's like if I have to spend three dollars on a cheeseburger instead of ninety nine cents on a cheeseburger, either A I'm gonna learn how to cook at home yeah. or B, I'm gonna appreciate the people around me yeah. that do it for me. Sure, yeah. You know, and and all together, we're going to strengthen our economy together, you know, yeah. and we're going to have no weak links yeah. because everybody's paid appropriately for a job, you know. And then the jobs where they gain some kind of actual skill. And yeah. Fast food jobs are designed to be skillless so you can pay people less. Yeah. Mean, kind of, but meanwhile, there's there's a lot of skill involved in those jobs. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of workload that goes on these people. Like if you look at you know, McDonald's, Walmart, mm-hmm. Um, these people are taking great pride and responsibility in their jobs. Unfortunately, it's just like a, it's just like a maze that's built, you know, I guess nobody nowhere. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how well somebody does their job at these places, they yeah, still yeah. have their bottom line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they advertise like, oh, it's a career. It's not really a career. It's a, it's a place to work, you know, yeah. um, and that's what I think is that we need more actual American careers, you know, which sure. craft beer, craft food. Some of the stuff that we do is, is very much providing American careers. And that's one of the reasons I stand so much behind it is that I feel that's really important, you know, mm-hmm. for us to um, develop careers. And it's one of the things that make us the greatest nation that there is is because no matter what, people are always looking at Los Angeles and New York. For food, mm-hmm. you know, and I think the Midwest is right there right now, too. And I think instead of trying to do what L.A. and New York is doing, I think we need to do what's in our heart. You know, I think we need to do what's in our identity. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what did your grandma make at Christmas? Mm-hmm. Okay, she made SpaghettiOs. Well, let's make the best damn SpaghettiOs yeah. that we could ever make. <laughs> There's an idea. Because I think that memories taste better than any flavor you could ever create. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, my memories happen to come from south texas so that's mm. the way that i cook you know but um i'd be lying if i say that the midwest hasn't rubbed off on me in some way to make mm. me want to cook in that way you know to try to reach reach that as well so i think uh people need to not worry so much about what other people around them are doing and worry more about what actually makes them happy mm-hmm. and be open with your neighbors like let them taste stuff along the way and say try this Okay, it sucks. Cool. Well, let's do something else, you know. <laughs> or this is great. All right, cool. Well, let's let's continue on that path, you know. I mean, mm. I think people need to move in that sort of fashion, I guess. I guess I don't know. You've done good talking. Good job. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have to ask many questions. So I'll ask my last question then. If you have anything different, I guess from what you have been ruminating on before, do you have any asks or requests of the people listening? Um, I would just ask everybody to love everybody. Just around you, around the world, 
instead of looking for an opportunity to uh, pick out what's wrong with something, pick out what's right with it, run with it, mm. make it better, make it yours, hold the torch, light the fucking flame, jump off the cliff, be the first one, spend $3 on local stuff, fuck it. What have you got to lose? Good. Good answer. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. Um, Mikey, thanks for coming over. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. This was fun. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening. Have you rated and reviewed this podcast on iTunes yet? It would be really cool if you did. Also, are you enjoying hearing our random conversations? To ensure that we can keep the randomness up... Please help us out by becoming a monthly sponsor to our Patreon account. We have several levels of sponsorship where you can be rewarded with cool stuff. You can donate at patreon.com slash weeatstuff. Thanks! Please be sure to join us next week for another interview. But in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye! Bye!